This episode of Behind the Bliss is made possible by our generous donors. If you love our show and would love to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give. Or head to www.patreon.com forward slash Behind the Bliss. Thanks! Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Behind the Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Scott, and today I am interviewing my friends, Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley. These two best friends wrote their first book, Shiny Things, Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions, and it releases this week, you guys. I am so excited. In today's episode, we talk about distraction, those things that keep us stuck and held back from the things that matter most to us and how to refocus our routines and rhythms in life to reflect what matters most to us. I can't wait for y'all to hear from my friends, so let's dive on in. Well, hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Mary Scott. Hello. I'm so excited to have you guys here. This is so fun. We have a lot of space between us, so can y'all each take a second and just tell us where you are and a little bit about who you are and your family makeup and all the fun stuff. Okay, well, I'm Anne Renee Gumley, and I'm actually in Alaska today. Uh, (laughs) I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and went to college in Oregon and met a boy from Alaska, and now we have a family, two kiddos. Um, My son is 13 and my daughter is 15, so we are right in the middle of middle school and high school, like that wonky, weird, wonderful uh, world of adolescence and lots of emotion, and but so much fun. <laughs> so I love it so much. That's, that's where I'm at and uh, love doing writing and ministry with Amanda and then also do worship here at our church in Alaska. I love it. And I'm Amanda Bacon, and um, Anne Renee and I have been friends for nearly 15 years, Um, but I live in North Carolina and grew up in Alaska and lived there for 30 years, and that's where Anne Renee and I met at church there. Um, But I am the mom of eight kids, uh, ages 6 to 18, so we have five kids in public school, and our three oldest, the teenagers, they all homeschool. Um, I'm married to Jeremy for almost 20 years, and I'm on staff at Proverbs 31 Ministries, so Mary Scott and I work together, and I'm on Lisa Turkhurst's team, which uh, I just love and adore my job. But yeah, so uh, Anne Renee and I have a ministry uh, that's been running for about five years called The Masterpiece Mom, and we have a podcast called All the Mom Things Podcast, and we met several years ago, um, nearly 15 years ago, at MOPS, which is Mothers of Preschoolers, and we helped lead our group there, and we kind of graduated ourselves out of MOPS after a few years, and I was still steeped in baby and preschool land. We actually had kids in diapers for 15 years, but <laughs> I kind of graduated myself out of there, and Anne Renee's kids had outgrown MOPS as well, but we still, um, just our hearts beat for moms and wanting to encourage and help moms. Uh, so we kind of brainstormed after years and years. We met in coffee shops, figuring out what else we could do, and then in 2014, we launched the Masterpiece Mom 
And we've been writing there once a week ever since at themasterpiecemom.com and then um, have started a second podcast, which um, just released uh, in 2019. I love it. Well, you not only have a new podcast, but you guys wrote a book together. And this is so fun for me because obviously Rachel and I do this whole behind the blessing together. And I love getting to meet other people who do stuff together. So you guys are releasing your first book called Shiny Things next month. And I am over at the moon. Amanda knows that every time I've seen her in the last year, I'm like, oh my gosh, just you wait till that book comes out. I'm going to promote you all day long. We love it <laughs> because so much. I, I love it. Well, I'm just so excited and proud of you guys. This is such like, I know it probably feels like I mean, you together, you guys have like 10 kids. So this is like your 11th baby, I know it feels like. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love it. Well, can you kind of just tell us a little bit about Shiny Things and kind of, you know, where it was birthed in your hearts and all, all of that stuff? Okay. Well, the idea for the book actually stemmed from a blog post that Amanda wrote several years ago about distraction. And it really seemed to hit a chord with our Masterpiece Mom audience as well as it really resonated with us. And the more we talked about it and the more we saw how big of a topic it was, I know it's kind of like your reticular activating system part of your brain, you know, where you're looking for a new car and suddenly everywhere you look, you see that kind of car or you're painting your house blue and suddenly all you see are blue houses. That's how the topic of distraction was with us. And mm. um we just started realizing how big it was and it was it was more than just like social media or our phones it was comparison and discontentment it's fear it's worry it's pain it's what others think about us it's what we use when we're bored or just trying to avoid um what we know we should be doing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um sometimes like we talk about in the book it's a combination of things like good things at wrong times or it's just sinful things that need to be addressed. And it's all these things that create distance between us and our families and us and God. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's we we became really passionate about talking about it. And that grew into wanting to write about it. And we hope our readers feel the same. And another cool thing about Shiny Things is while the subtitle is Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions, it it's really... It works for any woman, too. It's not a parenting book. It's like a heart book for, for a woman. Um, we do talk a lot of mothering stories and um, making our kids and families the most important people and God our top priority, but the message is pretty universal um, about keeping our hearts turned Godward in all that we do. Mm, that's so good. Well, I actually have gotten to read the majority of the book, and I would agree with that. I, I think I'm in a season where – I just feel controlled and honestly just exhausted by all my distractions. And even like the last two weeks, I've tried to really kind of do like a social media heart check because I like, like Anne Renee said, it became like a numbing mechanism for me. And I think because my job is in social media, I can cover it up a lot and assume that it's all work all the time, but really it's just distraction. And so as I read the pages of this book, I even felt, oh my gosh, this is, yes, it's for moms, but it really is for so many um, so many women in, in every season of life. And so I'm so grateful for this message. And so I'm just curious, like how, how do you feel like distractions are a part of your everyday? Or like how has this distractedness impacted your both of your families? 
I would say as a working mama, I think the biggest distractions come when I'm trying to do more than one thing at a time. Like I'm Mm -hmm. attempting to combine work and motherhood and marriage and ministry, but instead of breaking those things into their proper categories, I get distracted because I'm trying to juggle too many things. Yes. But um, worry is also a huge distraction and it it keeps me from laying burdens down when I know I should at the feet of Jesus and just keeping my eyes. I want to keep my eyes fixed on him and not on myself, but worry tends to bring those things all back to me. But I would agree with you, Mary Scott, that that probably my phone is one of my biggest distractions. It's it's the home base for all the things I do for work and ministry or family calendar and worship at Mm -hmm. church and um, book stuff and ministry stuff. It's where I keep notes for blog posts and to do's and grocery needs and random things like costume fittings because our kids are um, theater and music buffs. But it's so easy to just grab your phone and then lollygag. And it's like the main tool for avoidance for me. In my life, it's it's a little bit different because I have like, so there's nine, there's 10 people in our family. There's nine people that need me um, somebody all of the time, unless I'm like out of the house. And for me, I have trouble staying focused um, on all of them because they're there all of the time. And <laughs> I sometimes take them for granted. And I think, oh, well, they can wait because they get access to me all of the time. And I'm trying to do this or or I'm talking to like pretend people in my phone. Well, they are real people, but they're not standing there waiting for me. And they're not people that are the most important to me, like behind God is my husband and my family and my kids. And so sometimes I really fight making the people literally standing in front of me wait rather than um, the people that are not standing right in my real life. And they don't know that I'm you know, they're not waiting for me. They are not waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And so I've really had to work hard at setting aside my current desire and my immediate um, need, or maybe it's not even a need, but I really think it is. And it's really to fill that void of um, kind of that mundane. My life can feel really mundane at times because there's so many things pulling at me and sometimes, Mm -hmm. and they're usually the same thing or repetitive behavioral issues with some of my kids. And Sometimes I just want something that feels light and fun in the moment, but I don't always choose the right times for it. A hundred percent. Well, can we kind of dive into this? Because I feel like this is something practically in my life right now that I just like, I feel like I can't decipher what in my life is most important. And so naturally like Dana will get the last part of me, but it's hard for me Mm -hmm. to know kind of like what Anne Renee was saying, like obviously they're all important, but where do we kind of name those priorities and keep them that way? I know this is a huge part of what y'all talk about in the book. So can we talk about like, what did it look like for you guys to take a step back and to look at all of your responsibilities, all of your children, both of your husbands and just say, okay, Obviously, they're all a priority, but they're all on different levels. And how did you kind of get that under under control? Because this is something that I am struggling with right now, and I would love all of the advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's something we've conquered by any means. Right. I think distraction <laughs> is something that will continually pop up. And sometimes at unexpected times when we're tired or um, like we were saying, when you're bored or you're just trying to avoid doing something. but establishing healthy boundaries. And I think communication is really key with this as so many areas of relationships and healthy relationships should be. 
So like in the summertime when my kids are out of school, I work a lot from home. So I try to let them know when I'm working and and I try to make sure that I follow through with the time stipulations that I've given them. So if I say I'm working on purchase orders from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then we're going to go for a bike ride. If if I mm-hmm. continually push that off and I reveal to them that they are not my priority and they feel like they have to fight for it, that I'm putting them on hold. I mean, it's got to be so frustrating Um, So I try to be purposeful with my work time, which also frees me up to be intentional in the time I'm spending with them. Mm. And I I didn't really realize how big of a thing it was until I saw it in another family. And I actually, my husband and I were on a date and we looked over at the table next to us and there was several families that were gathered for a birthday meal. And every single one of the people was on their phones. Mm. And so their poor waiter is trying desperately to take their order. And they were so distracted by looking at their screens that they could hardly look up and respond with what they wanted to order to eat. And mm-hmm. I realized that's that's how it is for my family when they're trying to fight to get my attention. And I'm so glued into what I'm doing on my laptop or my phone or whatever that they feel like I'm just pushing them aside. And I don't want to do that. I want to show them that they are my priority um, and that and there's and there's healthy boundaries with that. Not that they can. um, And Amanda does a really good job with her kids um, when they come to her. And and maybe you can talk about this more, Amanda, um, just getting your attention. If she's working on something like we were we were doing something yesterday where I was on speakerphone and she said, hold on just a minute, guys. I'm on with Anne Renee. And she finished her thought with me and then was like getting pizza out of the oven and talking with her kids. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was a healthy boundary of you guys are important, but it doesn't mean that you can just barge right into something and be rude. There's there's that line of respect, too. Uh-huh. 100%. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I agree, Anne Renee, like it's it's a habit to be practiced. It's kind of like we can't just brush our teeth and floss once and be good. <laughs> like you, you have to keep doing it to stay healthy. So you're going to have to keep every day choosing your top priorities and your priority people, choosing that relationship with God and choosing your priority people. Now, like Anne Renee was saying, like your family and kids, just because they are important, it doesn't mean they get to run all over and you drop everything at mm-hmm. you know at the drop of a hat for them and i think a lot of moms carry a lot of guilt uh, there's a chapter in the book called The Givers and Their Guilt, and it talks about how we give and give and give until we are a shell on the floor, slithering mm-hmm. away. Like we, we're just, a, we're just, we feel like nothing because we haven't been filled back up, and so. One thing like Anne Renee was saying we do with our kids is, you know, it it makes me feel a little bit militant, but it also relieves some of the burden I carry around. And so we, because we do have eight kids and so many voices clamoring for me, I mean, this can happen when you have one kid, it can happen when you have 10 kids. So it's not (laughs) just for big families, but they want our time and they don't realize and fully understand what we're working on in the moment. But one thing we do is we just, it's been years of practice. And finally, by the time they're like older elementary and older, they're really good at it. But my younger ones, you know, the first, second, and third graders, they still struggle quite a bit with it. But we have them take a look. What's mom doing right now? Is she reading? Is she talking to someone? Does she look like she's thinking real hard, staring out into left field? Like (laughs) 
what, <laughs> like stop and pay attention first. And what is mom actually doing right now? Because like I tell my kids, I love you, but I am not a robot standing at attention, waiting to catch words that are flying through the air. Like I have to know you're talking to me and I love it if you talk to me when I look like I'm ready. Now we're not going to be perfect at this, but they say, excuse me, mom, when it appears that I am looking maybe ready to catch some words and ready to interact with someone. And then if I say, um, yes, Gabby, you know, one of my kids, and then they can just talk. And mm. if they just say, mom, blah, 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 I will actually ignore them um, <sighs> because I don't want them to think that I will just stand at attention all day in my little booth like Lucy in the Peanuts gang who sits there waiting for questions all day. I can't do that. I just don't have that in me. And so – our kids are learning to respect uh, their parents, uh, their teachers, people at church, um, any authority that will come into their life because they will always have people in authority over them for their entire life. And so that's just one thing. Um, but teaching healthy boundaries is also how we keep our priorities in order because if our boundaries are down and we have no boundaries, we can't speak up and say what's most important to us. And mm -hmm. So that's one way I keep my boundary or my um, priorities in order is actually setting some healthy boundaries. And that can even include setting a boundary for my phone. Uh, one of the boundaries I set for my phone is at 8.30 p.m. when I still have some good time in the day when all my young kids are in bed, that thing gets plugged in and I'm not on it again for mm -hmm. the evening mm -hmm. it, unless there's like extenuating circumstances or I'm on a call or I'm, you know, texting a dear friend. But social media and things like that, you know, I just put it to bed for the night and that's been really healthy. I've been reading more, been able to read some books with my husband at night, interact with my teenagers. Uh, it's just been a, it's been a really healthy thing, but I think boundaries go a really long way to keeping your priorities in the order that makes you feel really great and that honors God. Totally. And I think too, like I've noticed for me, at least like when I keep God at, at that priority, even if it's just, you know, doing my 15 minute Bible study in the middle of the day or in the first thing in the morning, even if I'm like kind of still sleepy or whatever, but I've set that intention that that's still first, I think it allows me to kind of have a filter for my day. And maybe I'm a little bit more, um, aware of just like where things are on my to-do list or in my marriage or in my family life or whatever. Um, so I love that you guys tap into that, but, um, I was, I love the part about the guilty mom thing because I'm on page 44, kind of in the same chapter, there was a story of one of y'all's friends who was talking about how crazy, um, selfish she was for kind of sitting down on the couch in the middle of the day and reading a book. And I feel this a ton. I don't know if it's because I work from home and there is kind of an always, um, a never ending to-do list just because my life merges all in one place. And it's hard for me to kind of feel the, um, freedom to do that. But I think I'm learning that if I don't, take care of me, then no one else gets the best version of me. So I'm just curious, like what ha has looked for y'all to develop like that self-care routine or even just prioritizing yourself in the midst of raising all these kids and working and all of that? Like how have you kind of kept your, your sanity <laughs> and yourself um, mm -hmm. intact in this crazy season? I don't know. Have we kept our sanity? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Especially not during book writing season. <laughs> <laughs> I was We're coming out now, coming out of our caves. <laughs> yeah, I I think for the book writing season too, especially just of having having clear communication that this it might be a little bit of a wonky season, but it is just a season 
and for our Mm -hmm. families to understand that. And um, like you were saying, Mary Scott, it is so hard to give more of yourself when you're running on E or when you're hardy to the reserve uh, portion and knowing what fills you up and and maybe some of that comes back to the weighing of our priorities too. That time with God fuels absolutely every other part of your day. So mm-hmm. communication with others can be respectful and be more positive um, when you've already fueled up with God's word. And it can't help but spill over on the other areas of your life. So... Um, I was thinking this morning because I was reading um, the Psalms about let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength Mm -hmm. and my redeemer. Like if that is the prayer of my heart throughout the day, my conversations and my words and my actions are all going to be shaped by that. And um, so fueling up not only with God's word, but understanding the importance of prayer Uh, that constant communication with the Lord, that helps us not fall back into those, um, the old habits of me-centeredness and Mm -hmm. wanting to um, react to our families out of anger. Um, We can use a little more grace because that's what we've been fueling our mind with. But then Understanding, too, that there are passions and things that God has put within us, like the desire for beauty. So I'm just going to take Instagram as an example, and this can be a positive example. Hopefully someone will see it as that. But Instagram is one of my favorite social media. Um, I actually took the Facebook app off my phone, so I have to be a little more purposeful in using my laptop for that. But but Instagram I love, and it's it's the beauty that I love, and it fuels my love for um, God's creation and connection, but it's a bit of a, it's kind of like a hideaway or a, a personal spa. I don't go to spas, but you know, like if I were, it's like my soul spa a little bit, my virtual, virtual spa. spa. <laughs> um, but knowing that when I have just a few minutes to connect with God, and again, my what I follow in Instagram is going to be the things that feed my soul. So it's encouragement in some way, whether that's just beautiful images or scripture or poetry or books that other people are reading because I love books. Um, Mm -hmm. It is filling me in some way. And if it's not, why am I spending time with it? That's so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I totally going back to the Instagram thing. I have I've started to feel the freedom to do the press the unfollow button for that very reason. Like, yes. if I'm going to be on there because yep. I enjoy it, that's great. But if I'm going to go over there and feel, you know, like the life is sucked out of me, or I'm caught in the comparison trap, then it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. you brought that up. Mm-hmm. You know what else is so good to do uh, that I I usually scrub my Facebook and Instagram about once a year. But one thing I did is I realized I don't need to be seeing the same thing twice, and so. Uh, on Instagram, that is a happy place for me. It's my favorite place on the internet as well, like you guys. But if if I'm real life friends with them on Facebook, I don't need to follow them on Instagram as well. Mm. And so I went down and scrubbed and I use Instagram for a specific purpose. And it's people who inspire me, beautiful things to look at and just wonderful things to read. And some people I know in real life, but if they're posting the same thing both places, I don't need to kind of 
for lack of a better word, clutter my feed <laughs> with something that I'm already scrolling past on Facebook and it kind of lessens my time on there. And so that's one way I use Instagram is really purposefully is mostly people I don't know in real life. I love that. Um, but back to that like self-care thing, I think that women as a whole, hello, I'm an Enneagram too. You too, Mary Scott. <laughs> yes, we are I like am. <laughs> the givers and the helpers and I think women in general feel guilty if they are not just giving, giving, giving of themselves. And that is a beautiful and wonderful picture of the way Jesus is with us. But our children and people in our lives will benefit so much more if we are the healthiest version of ourselves. And uh, 2019 is the year of health for me. And so I'm doing all sorts of different things and taking care of a lot of things that I've put off for a lot of years because I just, quote, should have been okay and should have been able to handle all this on my own. Oh, And yes. <laughs> I just have not been able to. And so um, – I'm seeing a counselor, um, one that's finally just all myself. I went to our pastoral staff counselor last year with my husband, and this year I'm going by myself to my very own counselor. I'm 41 for the first time in my life, and it is so beautiful and freeing, and I'm just mm -hmm. loving it. I'm taking all the supplements, to going to the chiropractor every other week. Like I'm just doing a lot of things that uh, I just kind of thought I, I just I needed to pour into other people and just let me remain being this shell of a person. And the thing is, is that mm. our kids, they are okay. They don't need every little moment of our attention. They don't need every little thing. They don't need every little problem solved for them. Um, they really need healthy parents. Um, and when I saw this um, statistic that I can't remember where I saw it, but it said that when they polled children all over the world, no matter their um, like their social status or their economic um, like level, like if they were high class, middle class, low class, severe poverty, no matter their like income bracket where they stood uh, as a person, their number one need was that their parents loved each other. And mm. so I think you know, focusing on that and not letting all of that fall to the wayside, your children will be okay. But if you're not mm. okay, then nobody's going to be okay. So I think mm. taking some time and really taking care of yourself in a godly way and not a selfish way, but also knowing that taking care of yourself is not selfish. It's being a good steward of the temple and the mind and the body that God gave you. Mm. So that's that my soapbox right now. <laughs> no. I need that. I need that even not as a mom, as a mm -hmm. wife, because I mean, everything pulls for me too. And I give, you know, the crappy ends of myself to my husband and that's mm -hmm. and to my friends. That's such, such a good reminder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Something I really want to talk to you guys about is something that you talked about in part five of the book called Not Yet and Daydreams. And I, mm -hmm. everyone who listens to the show has noticed that I've been calling this my year of preparation for motherhood, not because mm -hmm. I'm actually going to have a baby this year, but I just kind of felt like God was stirring that in me. Like I needed to be preparing my body and my heart. And I think something that has been coming to the surface for me is coming to terms with the reality that when this season comes, um, whether it's tomorrow or two years from now, I'm going to have to lay something down or pause mm -hmm. something in my heart that um, may have to take the back seat um, when it comes to my family or my kids or my marriage. And I would love to just kind of talk about what it looks like to come to terms with seasons and what it's been like for y'all to maybe have to put put things to the side for a little bit and to be patient and to wonder if you're ever going to have your time or 
you know, what does it look like to have something that keeps you you in the midst of those years? Just all of those things, I think it'd be a really amazing and needed conversation to have. Well, I think, Mary Scott, that you're absolutely right. Thinking about it in seasons versus this is how it is going to be all the time from now to eternity and Mm -hmm. really weighing out for this season what is the best thing that God is calling me to. He obviously puts passions on our hearts for a reason, and we want to be obedient stewards to those gifts and talents and passions that he's given us. But we also need to be responsible and good stewards of what he has given. So asking ourselves, is right now the right time? Like it could be something that he's putting on our hearts, but he's percolating it for later and preparing us for Mm. for down the road. So maybe for you, like you're saying, maybe motherhood isn't this year, but it's in your future. And even now he's preparing your heart um, as you dig into his word, as you look at him as a nurturing, comforting, compassionate God. And already you have a love for future children that you don't even have yet. But also understanding that Mm -hmm. this is such a precious season with your husband. And it's just you guys right now. And you are building a firm foundation of what is to come of a family if God would have that for you. So um, not that we have to put everything on pause, but understanding that there are definite seasons. And I think if Amanda and I had tried to write this book even five years ago when we were just starting the ministry of the Masterpiece Mom. I don't think we could have given it our all like we've been able to give it in the last two years simply because of the seasons that Mm -hmm. we were in. She was just getting ready to move to North Carolina. Um, Things were amping up. My husband and I have a a small business and event company here in Alaska. So I had a lot of responsibilities there. And not that those responsibilities or stresses have really lessened, but I think we're in a healthier place now to talk about these distractions. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you're so blinded by how crazy your life is, you have nothing else to give. Um, So yeah, really just asking is -hmm. is right now the right time? And you don't have to say yes to everything. Like I am such a people pleaser. I want to say yes to everything. But is this really, um, for lack of a better word, I think of Lisa Turker's book, The Best Yes, all the time. Like, is this my best yes? And doing Mm -hmm. everything doesn't make me Wonder Woman. It just makes me a worn out woman. And that's that's one of her quotes from Mm -hmm. The Best Yes. And we want to be who God has created us to be. We also want to be healthy examples to our kids of what being a masterpiece and a work of art is and to reflect Christ in our everyday. So um, Mm -hmm. we don't want to just be worn out versions of ourselves, a shell of ourselves like Amanda was talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, that whole seasons talk, you know, I can think of two very distinct seasons. And interestingly enough, they both lasted 15 years. So I already talked about the 15 years um, of diapers. I feel like that's like a book title, 15 years of diapers, the 15 year wait, Uh, 15 years of diapers. That was just like, wow. And at one point we had three in diapers. Um, Right now they're in first, second and third grade. So they're all really close together. Two of them are only four months apart uh, through adoption. We have three adopted kids and five by birth. But the other 15 year wait, was the time I spent swooning over Proverbs 31 ministries from afar. Um, From the time I had just two kids, um, it 
I mean, I began to receive the encouragement for today devotions, I think, you know, like 15 years ago and um, just swooning over them and then swooning over going to the She Speaks conference, which Anne Renee and I began attending in 2013 together. And we've been almost every year since. Um, I think this will be my seventh year this summer in a row. And but but I know what it's like to swoon over something, to not know it will ever come to pass and to just wait and just try to be faithful in the meantime and pray. I have journals where I would write down things I was praying about for the ministry. I would print out pictures. I don't know if I've ever told anybody this, but I would print out pictures of uh, the staff and I would cut them out and put them in a journal and pray over them. Um, And then the Lord, I know. And then the Lord prompted us to move after my first She Speaks trip. And we came uh, three, and Renee and I came three more times. And then we finally moved in 2016, but it was all on faith. I had no job lined up. I had no house. We had no draw. We had no car. We had nothing but a little one bedroom cottage to stay in until we found a rental for the 10 of us. And mm. um, so I know what it's like to have that big, long wait and feel like I felt like this. the diapers overlapped that entire time. So I just felt like I was like, I love being a mom, but, but you start to get those feelings of is this all there ever is? And moms feel guilty for even having that thought because they're like, this is what I was created for. Well, actually it's not. You were created to glorify God and Mm. to spread the gospel. And so if that's through parenting, then let it be so. But if it's through another means, let that be so. And I think that as we're waiting for these seasons, it just feels incredibly impossible at times because we don't think that in this season – I get to do what I want, but what if we do what God wants us to do, which is to glorify him with our every single day. Um, and those seasons become a little more purposeful and a little more enjoyable. Um, if we can begin to give thanks for them and, um, really like, I don't know, I don't want to say pull up your big girl underwear, but sometimes that's what (laughs) we have to do in those seasons and not be so um, picky about it and whiny about it because there is a purpose or we wouldn't be in that season at all. Mm. That is so encouraging. I think it's really encouraging even just for me in my little 25 years because I can just look ahead and I think, oh my gosh, like there's still hopefully so much life to be lived and it it Mm -hmm. does. It feels so daunting to me because it seems like I'm in a really sweet spot now. So how on earth could I have the courage to lay it down in hopes that I could pick it back up later? And so that's a huge encouragement to me in this season specifically. So Like Mary Scott, at your age, when I was 25, I had two uh, young kids and I was watching Thomas the Tank Engine uh, reruns and Bob the Builder nonstop on and Baby Einstein nonstop on repeat every single day. And I was like, will there ever be anything else? And that oh. is a beautiful life. But life has changed so much, yes. so much since then. I wasn't even a writer then. Um, life just changes so much in so many beautiful ways if we're just open to what God is doing. A hundred percent. And I think, I think I probably where I feel the tension the most, maybe in a way that y'all didn't feel at that age, is just that I see, obviously we have the capability, like we've said a zillion times already on the show today, like I have the capability to see what, you know, every other human across the world is doing right now. So imagine what it feels like to be the the mom of littles watching Thomas the Train and feeling Mm -hmm. like I am so behind. And I think that's where 
just keeping that mental and heart check, not only for me, but for all of us that like, I, I just have to be faithful right where I am today. And just cause I think, um, I don't know if you'll listen to the glorious and the mundane podcast with Christy Knuckles, Mm -hmm. but she said in like episode one or two of her podcast, like three summers ago, I like think about all the time that she had to, um, put down her ministry of traveling and singing and all of the things. And she clung to the verse and Psalms that, um, you know, the justice of our cause is like the noonday sun and God is the one who holds our mm-hmm. cause. And she clung to that for like 12 years. And here she is, you know, with just like you guys, moms of growing up kids and you're picking it back up again. And I think to myself all the time that I need to remember that um, as I enter hopefully into this next stage. So thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. sharing um, just that for me. And honestly, I kind of want to switch gears just a little bit and ask you guys some fun practical questions like how on earth did you write a book together um (laughs) being this far apart (laughs) and what is it like how do you navigate having two different momming experiences like I just want to know all the fun stuff right now (laughs) well let's say thank you Jesus for Google Docs because (laughs) (laughs) and being able to text each other nonstop and FaceTime Mm -hmm. and Skype back and forth. And I think it it really helped us to have such um, a great foundation of friendship, number one, that we'd Mm -hmm. done ministry together side by side, like physically side by side. We recorded um, podcasts for several years side by side before Amanda moved. But then also understanding that as different as our everyday is, that our hearts beat for the same thing of wanting to urge our children Godward. Um, and that it all comes back to that eternal focus of asking ourselves what really matters and then moving toward that. So in wanting to support each other as women and sisters in Christ, uh, the writing process, we really like, I don't know, the book is the book is separated into 40 itty-bitty little chapters, like bite-size, easy-peasy little increments that any busy mom can pick up. And whether she has five minutes that she's hiding in the bathroom and little <laughs> fingers are sticking under the door or if she's um, yep. at after-school pickup or in a doctor's office, just we realize that you cannot over-encourage the heart of a mom and... Mm. So in the in the writing, Amanda in each section, so there's there's ten parts to the book. And then of those parts, Amanda wrote the first two chapters, and then I would write the last two. And they're all around that same topic in that one little part, all around distraction, but and keeping our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus as that that's the anchor of of the message. But then we would just bounce back and forth an awful lot of um a lot of notes in Google Docs. And so we could see what scriptures <laughs> mm-hmm. we were using, what biblical examples. Um, but like I say, our everyday is, is different. So our stories were different, but with that same drumbeat of let's urge the mm-hmm. reader Godward. Mm-hmm. You know, and the cool things, if, if somebody isn't familiar with Google Docs, we, you know, kind of, we use it at work a lot, but we started implementing it for this project because the cool thing about it, if you work in a collaborative way at all, you can get in there and share documents with each other and literally be in there in the same time and see each other uh-huh. typing. <laughs> so I could say, hey, could you please look at chapter 11 
Um, I just, I need your eyes on it. I'm not sure if that quote fits or I'm not sure if this story um, hits in a wrong mm. way. And so we're always commenting back and forth and we could look at each other. We'd let each other know when a chapter is ready to be edited by the other person and, and proofed. So it was just, it was just really beautiful. Um, and another thing about working in a collaborative way with Anne Renee and I is I, I mean, in all these years, 14 and a half, 15 years of friendship and working together with ministry, I don't recall a single argument, not even once ever. I mean, we can disagree on maybe, yeah, let's not do that. Or no, I'm not really ready to do that. Or I don't really prefer that. And that happens all the time. But but we've always remained a steady, um, we just, we work really well together. And um, I've just really appreciated that about working with Anne Renee is I think we can, um, we can we can both just not push 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 for what we want but to you know this time it's your time to get what you want this time it's your time to get mm-hmm. what you want but there's not a um there's not a bitterness or resentment there it's just a yay we get to do this together and it has both of our names on it and it has both of our really strong markings on it and so if one of us isn't in agreement we're not going to mm, do it that's so good so i just love that relationship mm-hmm. And between the two of us, we kind of represent a whole lot of moms out there. Like, not only are we on total opposite sides Mm -hmm. of the country, but like we joke that we're the mom opposites. I have two kids. Amanda has eight. You know, half of hers are public (laughs) school and homeschool, and mine are both public school. I work all throughout the week, and she works one day in the office at Proverbs and does the rest at home. So, like, our, our everyday is totally different, but our hearts remain the same. And and like Amanda said, we can cheer each other on all throughout. So that's the beauty of sisterhood and friendship right there. I love that. I told Rachel when we first started Behind the Bliss, I was like, all right, just like marriage, I feel like it's important to say that we are doing this as a partnership and the enemy is going to be after us as friends just as much mm-hmm. as he would be our spouse or any other important relationship. So we just have to know in advance that we have to remain intact because I could feel like that could be an easy mm-hmm. way to kind of just create division. And so I'm grateful that you guys said that because, you know, we get along great too and there's never any issues. And I think it's just healthy to have that reminder in the back of your head for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, guys, this is like the most fun part of the show. And I would love to pick your brains about all the things that both of you are loving right now. Is there something that you're reading that you can't get enough of? Is there a product you're using or anything fun that you just like can't stop talking about? <laughs> well, I was thinking about this last night and I, I think I'm going to go anti-book, anti-product, anti-music, which is Ooh. so totally against my grit. That is yeah, rare. I know, Are you right? Okay? Well, we just we just got back from vacation, so I am loving the afterglow of a soul sabbath. So for over a oh. week I didn't wear makeup, I didn't do my hair, I just pulled it back and put it in a baseball hat. I wasn't on social media. I didn't even bring my laptop with me. I know big gasps. Um It was just a beautiful time to breathe and spend time in God's creation and time with my family. I did not love the amount of time I was in a swimsuit, but that's a different kind of question for a different day. Um, (laughs) But it was it was really revealing, and it took about um, uh, well, quite literally. (laughs) That's the different question for a different day. No, um, it was revealing in that it took about. Oh, three or four days for my mind 
to totally unwind. And I kept thinking Mm -hmm. of all the things I needed to jot down in my phone or things I needed to check on for work or ministry or book lunch stuff. I mean, I was at the beach and it was like I couldn't even hear the roar of the waves or the swishing sound of the palm branches because my brain was talking so loudly at me. And so I wasn't sleeping well. Um, I'd been sick. I started with a really bad headache when we left. And my daughter had been super sick. And I was just feeling really, really restless. So um, after several days of just like warring with myself, I realized that I need to talk to the Lord about it. So um, one night when I couldn't sleep, I just started praying and asking God to take away all the things that were pressing on my mind and my heart. And just one by one, and this is something I learned um, and I wrote about it a little bit in Shiny Things, just one by one listing things out and laying them before the Lord and handing them over to Him. But then the hardest thing is to leave them there. So you list them out, you lay them down, and you leave Mm -hmm. them there. And then that next morning, I had to purposefully choose to leave those things at His feet because it's so yeah. easy for me yeah. to pick them up again. And kind of like that um, Jim Elliott quote that says, wherever you are to be all there, I just had to choose to wholeheartedly be there with my family. And when I mm-hmm. made that decision, then it was like I had permission. It was so liberating and I could just have an absolute blast. And we biked all over mm. creation. We boogie boarded. We snorkeled. We saw dolphins. And oh my word, you guys, I didn't realize how much I love dolphins. I like got all teary-eyed watching them jump and flip and click at each other because it was just such, I don't know, it was like some fun, humorous side of God that I was seeing. <laughs> um, I love that. But yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think I the most that. beautiful soul-filling thing was was the laughter and the connection with my family and just being in, in God's nature, which um, we were in Hawaii, so it's a different kind of beauty than it is here in Alaska. And I love Alaskan beauty. Um, but it was just such a gift. So yeah, I'm loving the precious memories and just soaking up the beauty of a soul break. I guess I didn't realize how badly I needed it. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, for me, I thought of two specific things and mine are very different. Mine, one is a fiction author and one is a show. So I first, so first is the show. So I am like the biggest British television, BBC drama fan. I love it. Yes. I love it so much. So I think my current TV show obsession, I just finished, I think it was season two of Victoria. If you've watched that, it kind of goes through the reign of Queen Victoria from the time she took the throne as a, you know, a teenager to, you know, through being married and having kids. And that's where I am right now. And I just found out that season three just released in England. And so I'm trying to figure out how I can like watch it now because I'm not as patient to wait (laughs) till next year. So um, I'm going to be researching that later today and I've heard there's some kind of subscription I can maybe do out of desperation oh. to watch it. So keep me posted, posted on that because that's I where sure we will. are with the show too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love anything. I've never even been to England. It's my dream. I'm trying to maybe convince Jeremy for us to go for our 20th anniversary this mm-hmm. summer. Um, we have, you know, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> so the second thing I'm loving is last year I decided that instead of just reading nonfiction all of the time, because I was always learning, 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 that I would let my brain rest. I would plug my phone in and I would read some fiction. So last year I finished three novels, which is a really big deal for me, um, along with lots of other nonfiction books. And this year so far, I've already read three. So I am loving um, Kate Morton, the author. She's Australian and she writes about these um, 
kind of family secret stories, all kind of centered around a house, uh, the house at Riverton, the secret keeper, the forgotten garden. Um, anyways, I'm loving Kate Morton and how she spins a story with a, a big surprise at the end. They're kind of like mysteries oh. a little bit, but beautiful stories. So I'm enjoying fiction and British television. Well, I need to read those. You know, I'm a Kristen Hanna fan. We talk about this a lot, Amanda. Oh yeah. But I need yes. a new one. So that's a good one for me to maybe pick up this summer and not feel guilty about reading in the middle of the day. That's my goal. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> well, guys, I'm just so thankful that you took the time out. And I know we're all experiencing time changes and all the things. So I'm just grateful for both of you and you taking the time to be with me today. So can we talk about how everyone can get a copy of Shiny Things and kind of where they can follow you guys online? Yeah. Um, you can find Shiny Things at your favorite retailer. It's available through the P31 Bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book, um, you name it. It's everywhere. And you can go to shinythingsbook.com to learn more about the book and decide if you'd like to buy it and read some endorsements. And you can pre-order right now up until April 16th. And then it releases on the 16th. And um, you can buy it anywhere then. But um, you can follow us at themasterpiecemom.com allthemomthingspodcast.com yes. on Spotify and iTunes. Um, and then we're both on Instagram, uh, our, like our favorite place. So I'm at Amanda underscore Bacon underscore, and she's at Anne, A-N-N-E underscore Renee Gumley. I love it. Well, you guys are the best, and I'm just grateful to get to learn from you and for this book and just for who you are. So I'm so grateful. Thanks, Mary Scott. Thanks, Mary Scott. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if y'all know me at all, you know how much I loved that conversation. I was like a sponge soaking up all of their wisdom. I love their hearts for women and moms, and I'm so thankful they carved out time in their busy book release prep to share with us today. You can order your copy of Shiny Things wherever books are sold. We will make sure to link both Amanda and Anne Renee, as well as their podcast and book website on our show notes. You can find all of this on BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. As always, we are so encouraged by everyone's support of the podcast. Truly, it blows our minds to read your direct messages, your emails, your Instagram posts, and your reviews on iTunes. Speaking of iTunes and reviews, would you take 30 seconds to leave us a review? Reviews are so helpful for those who may have never heard of our show decide to join our community of listeners. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.